0: Since I just school, I've had it no for day. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play playing UK
1: I need free. UK, UK, hey, welcome back everybody. It's the UK Hockey Fan Podcast, and I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And uh, we're back uh, with another episode. We know it's been ages since we've been on, um, but we got a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, for on this episode. Um, it's still the preseason, so you know things haven't really started cooking up yet. But you know we're back, and um, and we even got a special guest on the show. I'm totally stoked. Yeah, on uh, Scott Ancliffe's bit, Cliffy's notes.
2: Uh, he is joined by Double IHF, and elite league referee, Stefan
1: Hogarth. Yeah, what a great angle. So we thought during the off season it'd be great to check in with one of the um, officials. Um, sometimes. People forget about the fact that the game wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the officials in the game so we got the very top uh, official that we could find in the UK and he's going to be interviewed on uh, on this episode so that's something to look forward to Um, big news from the Leafs camp even as of today breaking news just as we were going on there's news happening there Um, we'll be covering um, some stuff around the NHL Um, I'm sure Cliffy will have some stuff to talk talk to about uh, the Elite League and around the UK um, big announcement about women's uh, women's hockey that we made um, on Instagram and social media or, um, about a week ago or whatever, Vinny? Uh,
2: yeah, uh, we have officially announced that we will be following and uh, kind of reporting on uh, the Bracknell
1: Queen Bees. Yeah, so, um, you know, we, um, as you, everybody will know from last season, we're huge fans of um, women's hockey and so much amazing stuff happened to the sport last year. It just sort of blew up in the middle of the season, which was awesome. And um, and we uh, are big supporters of of a UK team called the Bracknell Queen Bees, and we'll h- we're hoping that we could maybe get some of them on the uh, podcast as well over the season. Um, but we are really going to um, we're going to cover. We promised to cover women's hockey uh, this season, which we will do. Um, but our concentration will really be on our uh, our our team, the uh, Bracknell Queen Bees. So big up the Queen Bees, and um, we'll talk more about them later. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Well, obviously. We can't go to a podcast without
2: uh, talking about Leafs and lots of stuff happened. Literally just before we came on the podcast, something happened. Breaking news from TSN. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, uh, so this is breaking news from TSN official. Literally an hour ago, uh, on Instagram, and it's the Carolina Hurricanes have signed Jake Gardner to a sixteen point two million dollar contract. And okay. if you. And oh yeah, good. And,
1: and so that's way less than people expected him to go for, if he was even gonna go. Yeah, because he said he'd do it like a kind of special discount for the Leafs, because he loves the Leafs, right? He wanted to stay. That's right. And I mean, let's be—I uh, l- mean, how many times have we had a conversation like this? But we're fans of Jake Gardner. I certainly am a fan of Jake Gardner. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he was a great guy. So that's a big blow. So let's park that there for a second, because before we go on, wait, I was go just on. Just, uh, the breakdown of the contract—sixteen oh, okay,
2: point two was the whole thing. So this is a four-year contract. Uh, with four point zero five million dollars uh, per year.
1: That's good. That's good money, but that's not what I would have expected for a you know a top flight D man like Jake Gardner.
2: Oh yeah, no, people were expecting him to go slightly higher. I'd say like around a five six probably
1: region. For sure. I mean. Um, it's weird. It's a weird, weird deal, and it's weird that we didn't hear a whisper about it until it came out today. Because we've been, you know, we got our ears to the ground about that sort of thing.
2: Oh yeah, I've seen stuff about like teams interested, but they weren't saying like there was a team like completely going for We're it. You about know to mean?
1: sign an c- offer and sign a contract. Yeah, no, there weren't. Sure. There weren't
2: even like any offers thrown out in the in no. the wild or whatever.
1: Okay, so that's breaking news. But before we get going any further into it, um, I wanted to talk for a minute about bionic skate blades yes and i know to everybody listening this is going to sound like a total advert in a way it sort of is but let me tell you this story so we've sort of been hanging out with bionic Skateblades since they first got going and um and they're uh, a canadian company and uh so you know if, if it's canadian and it's hockey it's probably got to be good and um and we spotted them last year on social media and got in touch with them and uh they're just such a nice company and there's some really nice people there and uh, they offered us each a set of blades to try them out um, because they wanted obviously to get across to the uk and uh, so they sent over finn and i each a set of their uh, g1 blades right yep and so we instantly realized that these both of us realized that these were just game changing um, blades i mean uh, it sounds uh, like i'm just making that up but really i mean i can't believe the difference that it made i mean for an for a for a duffer like myself <laughs> you know getting way more glide out of a stroke and whatnot uh, uh, or out of a stride that that's a big thing right and yeah. um, for you playing um you know proper competitive hockey as well i mean i could see it changed your game and so we're really stoked about our uh, our bionic skate blades but um Finn if you see him on uh, if you check him out on social media he has grown i would say you 've grown a foot since this time last year yeah probably, and so unfortunately for me, the bill paying uh, part of this uh, duo uh, that meant new <laughs> skates this year hey i did I did contribute a lot and i 'm working off my skates that's true Finn is working uh, towards buying new kit and stuff like that, which is great. Uh, but new skates this year, which meant a new size up, which meant the old blades didn't fit, which means we were stuck and we needed some new blades. We reached out to our brilliant friends at uh, Bionic Skate Blades. And um, sure enough, they're like, Finn's feet have grown? No way. Uh, we'll send them another. We, we, you know, what size of the holders? We'll send them another set of blades. And so sure enough, within a couple of days, it right here at our door arrived a brand new set of G2 blades. I believe they're the uh, sort of the second generation of their yeah, blades. yeah. And uh, so, which, w- um, what, uh, it was what's set up? What, c- what color or whatever? What did you, did you I get this time? So we had matching red ones last year.
2: Yeah, we did. Um, but I think I got the super matte black ones. Yeah, they
1: are sick looking.
2: They are amazing, and it's, it's, it's a. Uh, you and me were both, both looking at them. I put them in my skates. Uh, my skates, sorry. And um, there's a uh, in, in the corner of bo- at the heel of both blades. There's a tile of Bionic engraved logo. And it's like the coolest thing.
1: Yeah, so they've totally stepped it up. So they these were great blades to start with. And I'm going to tell you, in all truthfulness, I'm a, I'm a gear freak, right? And I change my kit all the time. I am constantly upgrading my kit. And so when it comes to blades, I've tried the, you know, the st- and we're both Bauer guys too. And we've said that before. So we wear Bauer skates. I'm in 1Xs at the moment and Finn's in brand new uh, 1Ss. And um so we love bauer so we use the standard bauer blades i've tried step blades and uh and now i'm in bionics and they are just totally amazing super lightweight um they're super strong the uh they make you super fast and uh, the finish is just so cool they're cool to look at and um We just can't say enough about them. I mean, it is genuine game changer. So if you're already spending good money on your skates, or even if you're not, maybe you're in a pair of budget skates because you don't play that much or whatever. If you want to, when you look at kit, right? And uh, kit's expensive. You know, every bit of kit is expensive these days. And so lots of us will, will, um, you know, upgrade by getting some good use kit and that sort of thing. When it comes to, I always think about, you know, spending money, the amount of money you spend for um, versus the impact that it has on your game, right? And so one of the things that I always say, a uh, uh, UK hockey fan, um, we're big proponents of the helmet, right? So don't scrimp on a helmet. Buy the best helmet you can possibly afford, right? Yeah. F- you and I wear the same helmet? Yeah, we wear the Bauer React. Yeah, so it's a brilliant helmet, but it's stupid expensive. If you can afford one, get one. If you can't, just get the best one that you can. But anyway, so after that, it's sort of like you're looking at getting the best impact on your game from the kit. And I'll tell you now: buy some bionic skate blades because you will notice instantly um, an, an, you know a positive impact on your game. It's money well spent. It's an, it's a super investment, um, especially uh, you know if you are if you can admit you're not the best skater on the ice that this will make you, you know, you can catch up, you can gain a bit of ground from that, from having these awesome blades. So anyway, a big thank you to our friends at Bionic Skate Blades. We just think they're totally amazing. We genuinely would not be having this conversation unless they, uh, these blades have had an enormous impact on our game. So there you go. Huge, huge um, uh, service announcement. Something more from Finn.
0: Yeah,
2: I was going to say, uh, check them out on Instagram and social media, at uh, Bionic Skate Blades. And also uh, check out their website at uh, www.bebionic.com.
1: Yeah. And so one last thing to just spread the love around a little bit and show you that it's not just one thing that we like to talk about. Those blades are now available here in the UK. Um, the first people that ever set up our blades um, were our friends at Puckstop, who are in Sheffield. Uh, so you c- I believe you can get them there. And uh, also a great friend of ours, uh, Ian Clark, has them for sale in his shop in Swindon and Wiltshire, where we get our skates sharpened normally. Because uh, it's a bit closer than Buckstop, uh, and that is um, what's the place called? Uh, Ath- o- all, it's All Star. All Star. Yes, I can't believe I forgot. Uh, all Star Sports in yep. uh, in Swindon. Uh, so check them out. Check them out. I know that's a brazen plug. I'm glad you hung in there to listen to the next thing. What are we going to talk about?
2: So as I mentioned earlier, we have a load of lea- uh, lo- uh, a load of leaf stuff um uh, including some stuff about some new numbers of the players that have just signed yeah that's right uh we also have a, a few more signings like contract breakdowns okay um, well
1: let's jump in let's just go for it T- okay yeah. to, let's go let's talk about new numbers oh you want gonna go sh- through some new numbers oh, okay i think you got new kit this year oh yeah that's true we'll i did put pictures of it on the uh instagram really fantastic new kit for um oxford uh Star- stars. well oxford stars this year have cha- they've gone back to the traditional blue and yellow. And so if you want to check out Finn's kit, we'll put a picture of it on uh, on Instagram and uh, and Twitter and all that crap. Uh, uh, but th- what reminded me of it is you're still number 76, family number. Whoop, whoop. If you see any of us on uh, – there's four of us that play hockey in the family. If you see any of us on social media, you'll see that we all wear number 76. Yeah. Right. New numbers.
2: Okay. So we have uh, a new uh, uh, one of the new players. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev, and he will wear number 65 uh, for the Leafs. Uh, he previously wore number 66 uh, with his previous team, Ooms, uh, I think that's
1: how you say. We've had this conversation before. When you, So you, when you get a big trade, like a big money trade, like a star, there's always that business like, you know, what happens if they come to a club and someone else has their number? Mm-hmm. you know so it's not as big a deal with your less established players because they're just sort of like i'm glad to have got the contract i'll, yeah, ta- yeah, I'll yeah. take the number i've gi- i'm given sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah um also we have nick Shaw. that reminds oh, sorry, me yeah, also go. while we're talking about this so uh patrick kane's number being retired by the london knights really did you know that No, I actually actually didn't see that. I follow him as well. Super breaking news for you, man. I just saw it on Instagram. Um, London Knights. So uh, we loved London Knights. They're our OHLT for sure. Um, I grew up in and around London playing hockey. And uh, that's London, Ontario. And uh, London... uh, Patrick Kane played for the London Knights, as did Mitchie Marner and so many other great players. And uh, they are... Knights are retiring Patrick Kane's jersey.
2: Got it. Yeah. um, It says... Yeah, it says the this is a uh, an NHL uh, from the Blackhawks, uh, Chicago, his team, uh, and it says the London Knights will retire Patrick Kane's number eighty-eight jersey in January.
1: Oh, who um, else was eighty-eight? Eric Lindros. Yeah,
2: yeah, he he. It's a great number, was. isn't it? Do you know? I know who can't believe
1: I scooped you there. Do you know? You're who are our stats guy.
2: Yeah, no, but do you know who was it? You know, he's like old, and I'm like young, and you're like really old. No, that?
1: no, I was talking about the cane thing. Oh, the cane thing. No, Th- no. Thanks for bringing up my age, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, w- <laughs> uh,
2: it was on the <laughs> Chicago Black Instagram. I don't follow this, guys. It wasn't on the London Knights. It was um Chicago. Uh, oh, well. I, I see that, too. See,
1: you see, I'm just more connected.
2: Oh, okay, I see, I see. Patri- Patrick Patric Who else recently? Who else recently changed their number to 88?
1: Uh, Zizzy Bluber.
2: Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> that. Come on. <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea. Tell me willy
1: neilander Willie knee do, rem- do you remember that yeah i do remember now that weirdness at How the end find it? towards the end of the season what a diversion we're now just talking about anyone's random number oh no we're just talking about jersey numbers but you said 88 so i yeah, thought yeah. Oh, we may as well go back to neilander
2: oh yeah so neilander posted on instagram i have this all saved up uh, and stuff yeah, um yeah. he said making the switch what's old is new again number 88 and he's posted a picture of when he played um, in one of the European uh, European leagues with uh, this yeah. number eighty eight jersey. Yeah, that's crazy. And then because he's he's Willie Neat and he's a great guy in that. Yeah. He says, "I've got you covered, Leafs Nation. Go to Real Sports Toronto to have oh, your jersey yeah. requested on me." But it, there's a there's a thing with that. It has to be, like uh, last year's or oh, what, like recent edition kind of thing. Oh well, yeah, the be current like, one. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Uh, and it can't be a special. It has to be like the exact, like an actual. Yeah, jersey. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, the official. Because I saw someone try to do one of the arena. They, c- they do do Arenas ones. They don't do Saint Pat's ones. And they don't do the just a straight up. Yeah, Ho- homer we'll away, I mean, official. Uh, uh, the Centennial. They don't do the Centennial. Right. But if you have the official one, you're just listing all all,
1: all the jerseys that we have. No, 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 no. Yeah.
2: John has a John T has a twenty nine brand new normal. Neelander. Blue Nylander jersey. Oh God, right. 29. We should send it over. Oh well, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to get that. But John yes.
1: be in Finn's younger brother, who else plays hockey? Yeah,
2: he loves Willie nee. Um, So he has also changed his number to 88.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Terrible haircut, though.
2: Nylander? Yeah. You don't like it? No. No. Oh. Looks like an idiot. I kind of liked his long hair when he first came back with but
1: the But he beard. must be trying to... So you think about this. So he was sick, right? And then we went through all that rubbish at the beginning of last year to do with his contract. And he missed, what, a third or more of the season?
2: Yeah, a third of the season.
1: And uh, And then he never, ever got going again. So he's trying to get his mojo back by changing his number. I That's think he's going to be
2: mad this year as I well. I do
1: too. I do too. I think he's going to come sc- right out of the gate scarring. And
2: what annoys me, we'll get into a bit later because there's something else we've got to talk about. But there's a reason I'm kind of annoyed about that. Anyway, we'll go back to uh, some uh, changed numbers for the Leafs. Yep, okay. Nick Yeah. he will wear number 26 for the Leafs. Uh, he wore number 61 with, I'm gonna, probably going to butcher this, but Magnetogorsk. Magnitogorsk I try don't it. even you don't show do me I won't have any better mm-hmm. chance of looking at that his
1: previous team um, so that's one number shy of my all time hockey hero number 27 Darrell that's right
2: I know that one I'm good at that um, and we also have Kenny Agostina cool he will wear number 20 for the Leafs uh, he wore number 17 with New Jersey huh uh, and I'm pretty sure we've got one more I think if yeah. I find this okay Cody Cc. New defenseman meant to be actually pretty good. That's w- awesome. We paid good money yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number as number five is retired. Yeah, who was number five? Uh, retired.
1: Oh, uh, Bordeny Salming.
2: Maybe. Uh, there's another guy. I'm pretty sure. I, I they think can't retire it twice. No, they actually they did because you got Bill Barocco was number five.
1: Oh, that's right. That's who it was. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was probably him. Probably yeah.
2: him. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh,
1: Cody Cc will then suit up. Uh. Wearing number eighty three. Wow, to jump from a low single digit to a high double. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Do you, do you know what? Before I forget, yeah, this is like a weird little story, right? Oh, so one. so I'm go. at work today. Yes. And uh, and I work for a, uh, a national newspaper. And uh, a new colleague started um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah and uh, today I was sitting there and um, we were having a chat about this and that and I said and I mentioned to him I'm like yeah yeah I'm totally into uh, ice hockey which is what they call it here they don't call it hockey they they have to add ice in the front so they know you're not talking about field hockey yeah Uh, so I said yeah yeah I'm into ice hockey and he said no way he said uh he said, uh, my, I think his brother in law or something like that uh, lives in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time he comes over, he brings some hockey stuff for my kids. And I said, Oh, really? And he said, Yeah, here. And he shows me his phone, and there's a picture of his little kid. And the kid is decked. Uh, this kid's about, I'm going to say, he's a toddler, like four, three, yeah, yeah. something like that. And he's decked out head to toe in Maple Leafs gear. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, I couldn't how believe it. that's how you raise a son. That just happened today. That's how you raise a son. Randomly, some dude turns up, and his kid's like fully kitted out in Leafs gear. That's amazing. Yeah, That's that the best cool. thing I've ever that seen. That is
2: cool. Right. That's great. I've got one more number for you, actually. I just found this. Okay. Jason Spezza. And this is a weird one, actually. Jason Spezza will wear number 19 for the Leafs. He wore 19 on the Sens as well. Oh, right. This is where it gets a bit weird. Uh, but but he's
1: going to have, have a decimal point. Yeah,
2: 1.9. No. This is kind of weird because uh, recent acquisition from last year, Nick Patan. Yeah. He won number 19. Oh, but this season, Spetzer says he—he uh, he literally said, "I'm taking 19." So what's happening to Dieter? So Nick Patan will switch his number. No one knows what it is yet. But uh, this season, he has—he's he's going gonna to be one point nine. He's going to yeah, he's going to be <laughs> one point nine. Uh, but this season, he's going to have to switch his number because spetzer's is taking
1: 19. Can you imagine? That seems a pretty crappy thing to do to somebody. Babcock doesn't like Patan. Oh right. But he loves spetzer, Okay, got you. Spets is a hometown boy. Okay, well
2: Babs is the uh, governor. He's the dude. Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's all my number of things we have. Okay. Uh, let me look. Okay, we also have uh, the Tyson Barry signing. So he was like properly signed to a contract. Okay. Um, he has got. Oh no, they're not signed. Sorry. Uh, they are working on a deal. Sorry. Oh right. But this is it's good
1: though. That's different. I think is he over six feet tall? Uh, I'm gonna try and find it. Oh uh, no, you don't have to. Yeah. It depends. Dep- dep- to d- assume that he is depend- because we talked about him before. Depend- I'm sure he's a six footer.
2: Yeah, it's just gonna depend on how many bags of money that. Two bags of money. <laughs> Two us is gonna <laughs> be given out. Um, no, they're working on an eight-year deal, which is uh, like, yeah, okay. like a good deal. Yeah, yeah. For around eight mil per year. Wow. But he's a remember he's a really good defenseman. So, so yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I also saw something about Tyson Barry today, which made me feel pretty good. Go on. He was um he w- it, it was a thing where he was complimenting um your one of your favorite defensemen Jake Muzzin.
1: Yeah, love Jake Muzzin.
2: They played on the same line for Team Canada. Oh. And they won juniors. Okay. And it looks we'll like they're going to pair play. them up again? Yeah, it looks like they're going to be playing on the same oh, line that's again. Awesome. And they're already friends. So you've already got the chemistry yeah, straight yeah. straight out the door. They're
1: already good at high five. And
2: they yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but it's going to be like a thing where they know where each where each other are kind of thing because they already play with each other yeah they want a championship with each other so you know they could win the. yeah yeah there's some chemistry though chemistry you know how it works yeah i do um but yeah that's gonna be a really cool thing and i'm gonna be excited and how that works
1: okay we're looking forward to that okay when's the
2: first game uh oh oh, the first preseason or the first normal I don't care. I know. No, I, know, when know when e- I don't know when. I do Yeah.
1: None of that means anything to me. When is the first th- the time first I can see a game on television?
2: Oh, the first. Oh, I'm gonna have to try and find that. That's it's sometime September, but the first regular season game. So
1: we're in the month of hockey starting.
2: Yeah, but preseason, so it's not gonna be in th- the proper line.
1: Okay. Th-
2: hockey. We are in the month of proper preseason hockey. Excellent. Happening. You guys are in your second game this weekend. Yeah, we are. So Hockey's. W- it's oh on really? like Donkey Kong. Let's go. Um. No, but their first preseason. No, their first. Regular season game, which right. is when everything starts, yeah, uh, is on October 1st.
1: Ah, okay, even that's not far. Yeah, I know. A it's weeks. very good. A couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Just oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. All
2: right. Okay. So, oh, I said I'd break down some of the signings. Yeah. Because uh, I found them. Yeah, yeah. So, we have like... Are these the
1: ones that we didn't talk about last time? Because we talked about these a lot co- of signings.
2: I know, but these are like all the ones that have been broken down over this. St- like they've been broken down. So, you know, every everyone, but it's like really quick. It won't be. Okay. Like yeah. Any. Yeah. Ponta uh one year, 700K.
1: Okay. That's good.
2: Uh, Kenny Agostino, two year, 1.475 mil.
1: And so how many, are these guys coming in the team or coming um, in the Marlies? Some of them, I think some of them might be. Because those are some low salaries on one year deals. Yes. Yeah, so so um, they're going to be hanging about the Marlies for a call up.
2: Maybe because some of these guys are like uh, Kevin Gravel. Yeah. We saw a bit of before, but he, yeah, yeah. So he might be like, uh, what do you call it? Like a head, uh hair. oh what's it called? Uh, it's like waivers, but not waivers. It's um, injury reserve, but it's not like healthy injury reserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Elth- healthy scratch. Healthy, or? healthy scratch. They're going to be healthy scratches, but like not in a bad way. Like just because they're there, just in case someone gets injured. Yep, I think maybe. Got yep. you. Uh, Tyler Godet or Gaudet. Yeah. Uh, one year, seven hundred k as well. Yep. Uh, Calais Kosia, uh, two year, one point four mil. Uh, Nick Shore, who is a guy that actually we actually brought up. Yeah. Uh, one year, seven fifty k. So he might be like a Tyler Ennis kind of guy. You know what I mean? Because Tyler yeah. Ennis was on that that's very right. small deal, but he was good. Yep. Uh, Garrett Wilson, one year, seven twenty five
1: k. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, entry year deals, right?
2: And then Kevin Gravel one year, seven hundred k.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good stable of guys.
2: Yeah. And then we have, well, I've got a, few, a couple other Leafs things. So, we have the news of the Maple Leafs have signed uh, goalie Michael Neuwirth to a professional tryout. Okay. So, he'll probably be at camp.
1: Right. So, all that does is get blo- uh, block another team from getting him and he's just coming in for a tryout. Yeah,
2: because Sparky's gone. Yeah. So, he's going to be coming back. Okay. So, we might get Neuwirth. But we're, we're goalie fat at the moment. We've already got clutch. Yeah. Uh, and Freddie, of course. So if I if I look back at my thing, the ne- the next thing I, I think we need to talk about is um the the, the Mana saga. Oh. I think I think there's,
1: a, there's almost nothing to say. I think it's time. All right. Talk. Go on though. Don't bore people with it. Okay. Because I'm a bit bored with
2: it. Everyone's a bit bored. Yeah. I did see one good thing. There is one good thing, but I'll say the bad things first. Go on. The Leafs have sent Mana and his agent three separate offers. Yep. Three years, eight point seven five bridge uh, mill a bridge deal. Denied. Six years. Ten mil which is the, which is the one everyone wants denied seven years ten point seven five, which is kind of common ground for both people
1: also denied, yep, so no, they, no, no. they haven't accepted
2: or anything yeah, I can't figure it out which sucks however, I logged onto one of my uh hockey apps today, oh yeah, and it said new. it was like news for you because it's based on me looking at loads of leaf stuff right nudes
1: for you news, nude hockey people
2: yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, but it says, um, it says, news for you, and it is Mitch Minor. Yeah. And it says, Leafs general manager, Carl Dubas, said the team has continued to have dialogue with Mitch Minor's agent recently as last week. Right. He says, I don't think we want anybody to miss any day or training camp, period. Right. So we'll continue to work towards that and remain hopeful. And then, the headline of this, though.
1: So are the camp started, though.
2: Uh, starting, a, I think. It's either started or a start, like, properly started in a couple of days, I think.
1: This, do you think it starts next week? I think so. I think wow, so. properly. We're running out of time. Clock's ticking.
2: But the headline for this, and I mean this, this is kind of good news for us. Yeah, go on. The Leafs are optimistic Minor will sign and in camp when it opens. And this is a report by TSN, so you know it's like proper legit. Yeah. So it
1: looks like they could be closing it on a, on some kind of deal. Well, he's got to get his act together because you know he. I remember them him, them talking to him. About Nylander not signing. Yeah. You know, so he's got nowhere to go here. He's got to sign or get going. Yeah.
2: And there's... I've got one more thing on this. Okay. Morgan Riley had something to say. Right. He says, we want Mitch here. We want him to be part of camp. Yeah. We want him to be involved.
1: But he's doing what he thinks he has to do. I hate it when they say that. Just like, you know, solidarity for the bros or whatever. It's yeah. like, you know, come on. Just sign and get... Get your skates and get your ass to camp. Yeah. Get on the plane. Yeah. Stop messing about. Everyone else had to buy their new pens and pencils and and turn up to school. To buy my new engineering stuff today. Come You're on. Exactly. Yeah. Look at you. You had to buy some sort of weird caliper or whatever it was. It's going to be cool. But yeah. yeah. Whatever. That
2: um, <laughs> makes me sound really sad. It does. <laughs> that
1: suddenly we went to an all new low level of, lo- <laughs> of lameness there. Yeah. We have reached a new low
2: pinnacle of we've talked about called? school supplies there yeah that, that's legendary that for any podcast get us out of this mess okay um have you seen the the leafs new painted rink
1: uh i did see the new painted rink look at that yeah i've got a picture here it's it just pops look it just that. looks so good you never see a rink like that here
2: they re- so the leafs i am pretty sure the leafs like repaints it every year to make it make sure it's perfect for every they season
1: almost never take the ice out here Right? Mm, yeah. And, yeah. T- and to get it to pop like that, you've got to take the ice right out. and They build it underneath the ice, right? Completely fresh paint and everything else, whatever they do. Yeah. You c- But you got to take the ice out to do it. Yeah. And they just never take the ice out here. I'm going to show
2: you another picture here. Look at this. This is them doing it. Look how light. amazing that I already know, looks, right?
1: That's on a floor, right? That's on a white floor yeah, yeah. or whatever. And it then looks they put so ice good. over that and it just looks crisp.
2: It's going to look really good and it, it already looks good. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple other leaf things to talk about. The leafs. Uh, so you know the, the video game NHL. Yeah. And they've got NHL twenty. Yep. Matthews on the cover. They released um, the top Maple Leafs uh, ratings, uh, like the Maple Leafs players that like their top the top Maple Leafs players ratings. That's right. Um, so we may as well start off uh, with the lowest. So we have um, Frederick Anderson, mm-hmm. eighty-eight overall. Right. So do you know the top the top rating you can get?
1: Uh, so, the, so, the top rating
2: in the game you can get is 99. Uh, okay, yeah, we, so we did
1: talk okay. about that. We talked yeah, about that before. Makes sense. But
2: McDavid is 94, like a, like the normal kind of stats, like cap at like 94, right? Yeah. So, Freddy's like, that's good. Yeah. So, 88 is good. Yeah, it's excellent. So, Freddy's 88 overall. Yeah. For, uh, 49th uh, top, in he's the 49th best player. Yeah, so I guess this is like 49 to 1.
1: So, out or goalie or
2: anybody? Just player in general. 49th best. That's pretty cool. That is To then be the
1: top 50 As a goalie
2: Yeah then we got Morgan Riley Yeah He is also 88 Denied on the All-Star game And all that stuff Of last year <laughs> Madness Yep yeah. And we got something else I'm kind of annoyed about That we'll talk about later Okay uh, He's 45th
1: Okay That's up there That's And a I lot believe of players Next
2: right? it goes Mitchell Minor
1: Oh yeah
2: 89 And I saw something Funny about this I'll talk about it When we do Matthews oh, In a second one knot Behind Freddie No Above, he's eighty nine. Oh, sorry. He goes yeah, up Oh, yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's thirty seven. Thirty seven best, the best rating. Okay. In the league, he's eighty nine. Then you go to JT. Yep. He is eighteenth best with a ninety overall. Mr. Tavares. Look at that picture. That's so realistic. It's so weird. Yeah, I hope everyone is enjoying that picture. Yeah, great. I'm showing you. Okay. This is you. If you want to look it up, it is <laughs> Leafs update on Instagram. Sh- they did all the rating, like, okay. putting them together. Yeah. And then you've got top of the lease, number 34, Austin Matthews, with yep. a 90 overall, 15th best in the NHL. Got him in my fantasy team. Oh, dude, you ruined it. We were going to talk about that later. I yeah. I wasn't sure. Okay, yeah. 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 I haven't ruined anything. Okay. Fine.
1: Okay. Just me being here makes it exciting <laughs> for
0: people.
2: Yeah. But I saw something funny on Twitter. Yeah. So I've been I've been in Twitter at the moment, looking at all the Was it Miner a picture stuff. of Snoopy? It was not. All right. I'm, I'm sure it's picture of Snooty. 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 Snoopy. Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy. Imagine.
1: Oh, it, look, another picture of Snooty, who, whoever that is. Yeah, I don't
2: know who
0: that is either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, right, carry on, Snooty. <laughs>
1: I can't <laughs> stop. i <laughs> just picturing Snooty. <laughs> I don't even know who Snooty is. Is that a person? I don't know. All right, okay. It's like Snoopy, but like with a mustache and he's got his nose in the air. And <laughs> top hat. Yeah, it's, all, it's totally posh yeah okay right um i but, don't even remember what you're talking
2: about <laughs> so i saw a thing on twitter about this oh yeah and it was it was commenting with like side by side uh, mitch and austin's ratings right and it was um and the comment was mitch mariner's dad is going to be furious about this because <laughs> 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 he's under matthews oh yeah yeah <laughs> the
0: best thing paul mariner
2: so funny uh, um we got a couple of matthews things though okay because I, I, we all love matthews right yeah he's a legend
1: me more than anyone you do, yeah, he's, no, your, he's sure your fave. There's probably people that love him more than me. No,
2: you're the best, obviously. <laughs> best fan. <laughs> should get a badge saying best Matthews fan. That's no, you you just said board. I was
1: the best. I'll take the best. <laughs> just the best. <laughs> no. Uncategorized, like,
2: just, <laughs> just across the, the board. Okay. Um, so Bruins, David Pasternak. Yep. Uh, picks Leafs Austin I've Matthew. also got him on my side. Do you, do you know Pasternak? No, I don't. I, don't, I, I know who I know who has Pasternak. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Shush sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, Don't ruin it Please um, We're building up man I uh, no, Bruins David Pasternak Picks Leafs Austin Matthews To win the Hart Trophy In the 2019-2020 season Yeah And you know what heart is right Yeah of course I do MVP of the league That's it So if that guy Is going to pick I've Matthews won I've won it twice Yeah he's, he's Before he retired right
1: <laughs> In our family flipping old what The, um, heart, the Ray Hart <laughs> Trophy <laughs>
2: Yeah Yeah um, And then I've also got This stat for you Go on the Lion-A versus Matthews stat. Oh yeah. You know how there's always always been the thing yeah, yeah, about yeah, Lion-A yeah, and yeah, Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Um so this this is uh in, during the first three NHL seasons. So goals. Yeah. Line a has 110. That's a few. Matthews has 111. Oh. Assists, Line a has 74. Yeah. Matthews has 94. Wow. That's a gap. Points. Line is 184. Yeah. Matthews has 205. Amazing. Plus-minus. Uh Line A has a minus nine. Yeah. Matthews is a plus 18. Okay. Games played. Yep. Lion A has 237 games. Yes. Matthews has only played 212. Whoa. Accolades. What's that mean? Uh, you know what an accolade is, right? Like, uh, yes, I yeah.
1: do know what an accolade is. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering in this context what it
2: meant. <laughs> uh, so, like, what they've achieved. Okay. Uh Line A has seven hat tricks. Right. Matthews won the Colder Trophy.
1: And has eight hats.
2: <laughs> yeah multiple <laughs> helmets that guy <laughs> um, uh, Lina got picked number two overall okay Matthews got picked number one overall wow therefore Matthews is better <laughs> yeah but yeah this in uh, almost this, every this, way this other genuine, than accolades. this genuinely impro- uh, l- this genuinely proves that Matthews better than Lina no that's cool I, I just thought I just thought we should clear that up when finally. are we talking
1: about the fantasy when we'll talk, Scott's we'll on we'll talk
2: about it next do you want to talk about it next
1: or should we wait till Scott's on because he's in the league
2: that's true, but should we should we talk about our stuff and the fancy, and then leave Scott to talk about his stuff? He probably knows that than this about an asshole. Yeah, all right, go on. All right, so I got one last least thing. Yep. Also to do with Matthews, as I said, I know you love Matthews. I do. People have been talking about the captaincy
1: of Matthews. Who's been talking?
2: TSN. People. And people. Okay. But Austin Matthews was asked about captaincy, oh,
0: wow.
2: A- and he has said, um. I think I've got a couple quotes here. Austin Matthews stated that he is ready to be asked as th- uh, to be the Leafs captain. Right. He says the captaincy in Toronto is a huge honor. And then on TSN, he says the captaincy in hockey in general is a huge honor, but especially in Toronto.
0: Hmm.
2: So he is a... Uh, Honorary he, Torontonian. He's a legend, basically. Oh, that's cool. So he's a, uh, I, I feel like he's playing his cards, right? I feel like Matthews will, Matthews will be our next captain. Um, and then we've also got Matthews, uh Matthews, Matthews style. As everyone knows, he takes a lot of pride like you in style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he earned himself a spot on Sports Illustrated's uh, hashtag fashionable 50 list.
0: With I've, a, n- I've never made
2: suit. it into the 50. No, he's only made it to the 100. <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah um but yeah that's that's all the leaf stuff i have currently. okay cool should we jump on talking about our fantasy teams do you want to go into it yeah i we'll, got we'll, mine here we'll talk about i feel like we should talk about the whole league and then leave scott's bit to himself because he'll know it better than anyone else i feel right. like that will yeah, be good
1: okay we can taunt him because his t- he didn't <sighs> the dra- he, he suffered in the draft yeah he did i didn't uh, yeah nor did i all right we'll do a couple teams each cause we've got like nine teams in the league which
2: means we can do about we can do ours and then another three each well,
1: well talk about other people's teams yeah, we'll,
2: like we'll we'll go we'll go we'll go
1: through. I don't teams. care about anybody else's teams. We can mention who's in I the do. league because we got a queen bee in the league. Rich, we do, Rachel, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, okay, so you go through your team first. Okay, so so some background for people that are listening out there that are wondering what on earth we're on about um, so we joined uh, we created Finn created a fantasy um, hockey league and uh, it's an ESPN uh, in the ESPN app so if you're on there it's free uh, find it and join um, you can't join our you get the moment because it's we've full already full for the season we've, yeah we're full and uh, we've already done the draft and everything else but you can probably get in there you can definitely make yourself a team and just join a league randomly uh, it's free ESPN find the app and download it um, so we've got a league what does the league itself have a name? Uh, yeah, the league itself. I'm pretty sure I put as being UK Hockey
2: Fam. UK Hockey Fam League. The league is called UK Hockey cool. Fam.
1: Cool. All right, so my team is Toronto United. Yep. And you are the Toronto Maple Leafs. What a surprise!
2: But like, I've properly done my... Like, I figured out how to make a custom logo, so I've actually, I've actually have the Leafs logo. I'm, I'm sure. My abbreviation is people TOR. People listening are thinking that's so awesome that he managed to oh, custom. Logo. I know. I like. <laughs> i spent like two hours my logo is a
1: a zamboni though which is you know yeah Yeah, you got a blue zamboni i've I've got the actual Leafs logo right so uh, here's my team you want to hear my team yeah go first right so in the draft i managed to assemble do you remember what do you remember which uh, overall you got
2: my first overall no do you remember no you didn't you because i got first overall yeah but i mean my
1: my first pick yeah do you remember who do you remember what overall it was you have second or something. Yeah, uh, actually, I don't remember, and it doesn't say, does it? No, because we done the draft. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. All right, we'll leave it. Looks good. I don't know. So, how many teams we got? Eight. Nine. Nine. Nine teams in the league. Um, so yeah, no, I can't remember what my my pick was. But my first pick, I went for. Uh, I got Austin Matthews. Yeah. Uh, I also have John Tavares. That was good. That was good. I can't believe that he didn't go before. To be honest. I also have Willie Nylander. Yes. It's feeling a bit leafy on my fantasy team. That's why. That's why I was annoyed. And you know, I talked to you about this. I played fantasy fantasy uh, hockey for you know since I was a kid. And uh, being a Leafs fan, you always want to pick. If you're a fan of a team, you always want to have your players on your team. Yeah. But being a Leafs team, I mean, I've gone through some pretty rocky years where it's like, uh, if I want to win, come even, even, you know, have a chance of winning a fantasy league probably not going to pick many Leafs. First overall, you choose Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> oh, God. Leafs yeah. legend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the moment, you can pick Leafs and still be in with a shout of winning yeah, any fantasy exactly. Leafs, yeah. Right? So I got Taveras, uh, Nylander, and uh, Matthews. Uh, I'm just looking to see. Did I get any other Leafs? You did. I traded you one. Oh,
0: I uh, gave you Johnson. Uh,
1: have I got Janssen? Oh, yeah. I've got Janssen. Uh, and then I had uh, so I had Freddy I think But I traded him
0: No you didn't get Freddy Did Someone I not get like Freddy Because I was going
1: to take Freddy And trade him too Alright to uh, Who else I got I got uh, Taze uh, Taves mate uh, <laughs> Tatar Yep Coppitar Yep uh, James Van Riemsdyk JVR I like it Eric Carlson Yep Petri Yep. Yep uh, Dougie Hamilton I knew, I know you. I might trade him to you later. No, you Chara, uh,
2: yeah,
1: Muzzin, yeah. I forgot Muzzin, another Toronto man. guy. Uh, Zaitsev, Zaitsev man, but he you was can, he was you on can our say, for You, the can, say, you can say you can say however you like. Now that he's on Ottawa. I'm calling him Zaitsev. Stahl <laughs> Uh, Stoll, uh yeah, Vrana. D- okay. Do you know him? Washington guy. Vrana, yeah. Yeah, D. Uh, Hyman, another yeah. Toronto guy. Yeah. I don't know, I skimmed through. No. Uh, Phil the Thrill Kessel. Now I did trade him to you. <laughs> uh, uh, Janssen we mentioned. Yep. In in the pipes for uh, Toronto United. Yeah. The best team in the Fantasy League. Definitely, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Vasilevsky. That was good. Backed up by Tukarask. That's not bad. Backed up by the Holt Beast. I mean... Nobody's th- scoring on
2: Toronto United. I don't think so. anyone's going on me. However... Who have you got? All right, let's go through my forwards first. So, in my forwards, I have Nikita Kucherov. Boo! You can't boo Kucherov. He won the flipping everything. Just boot him. Nik- Kucherov, K- 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 L- L- Nikita Kucherov beat everyone. Then I have Mitchell Marner. Toronto... Torontonian himself. He's all right. Yeah, he's okay. I also have this uh, this guy called Artemi Panarin. Boo! No, if you, look, if you look at the score on these guys, it's actually mad. Yeah, I believe. And rubbish. I have a uh, first overall uh, pick, Jack Hughes. Is, that,
1: is he a Hollywood actor?
2: Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> New no place for New Jersey, he got, he got tr- uh, drafted first overall this year.
1: Uh, okay, you seem excited about that. I don't know who that is. <sighs> yeah, okay. Go on, okay. carry on.
2: I also have uh, Capo Caco.
1: Oh, yeah. He
2: was drafted second overall. I have both of them. Because also rubbish. Because when you go through drafting, it they don't come up high. So I, I searched through for them and got them both. Because <laughs> uh, okay. no one else would go uh, for them. Yeah, crafty. Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
1: Right, okay. Brother-in-law of Ted Nugent.
2: Imagine, that'd be sick. <laughs> Kasperi Kapanin. Oh, yeah, Kappy. Nikita Gusev. Okay, yeah.
1: I got him from you. He's meant to be really good. I know. He's rubbish, though. I, I, he's injured. David Krejci. Who's that guy? Boston Bruins. Okay, I don't like that. Okay. I do have
2: Chara though. And then I go to and my and dif- then I go to my defenseman and this is mad. Okay. My defensemen are amazing. Yeah. Morgan Riley.
1: Yeah, okay. He's great.
2: Ryan McDonough, mm. former captain of the New York Rangers, okay. plays for Tampa Bay now. Yeah. He's gonna get points. Okay. Brett
1: Pesci. Yeah.
2: Rasmus Darlene, okay. lost last year's first overall. Yep. Kale McCarr. Rookie. He played in the playoffs and got like four points in his first game, a few games, and he's a defenseman. Awesome. And then I get to my bench. Yeah. I've got TJ Oshi of okay. the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Brock Besser. Mm hmm. Colton Pareco. Yeah. Brother of Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes. Oh. And new Maple Leaf, Alex Kruffert. Okay. And then in between my pipes, I also have some really good goalies. Go on now. Uh, I have probably four time Vesna winner, Jerry,
1: Jerry Cheevers.
2: No, I have. Turk Brother. Patrick Waugh. <laughs> <Brought> him back. <laughs> No, I have Carey Price.
1: Yeah, cool.
2: He's all right. Patrick, I, I traded him to you. You didn't. I actually took him like third okay. overall. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh yeah. Just signed one of the biggest goalie contracts ever. Mhm. Really not,
1: not as good as uh, so, uh, my guy, Who Vasilevsky.
2: No, nah, Price is better than Vasilevsky. No, nah, nah, the stats don't lie. Those
1: guys sharpness skates.
2: This year's award winner, Robin Lehner. Okay. Plays Chicago, Chicago now, did play for the New York Islanders. He yeah. was he was that stud they had in goal that was like mad.
1: Right, cool. Well you can see is that the last one? That was my last one, yeah. So you can see we've pursued two completely different strategies. I went for guys that are really good, and you went for guys that no one's heard of. <sighs> I did take a couple
2: risks, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. My risks it's are a long season ahead. My risks are Jack Hughes, Kapokako, Nikita Gusev, Kale Makar, and Quinn Hughes, because they haven't they haven't played at all. So, like, if you look at their avatars, they're all grey. Yeah. So, yeah, the people listening
1: are enjoying looking at the avatars. Yeah, right. Great. Listen, do you know what? We should get Cliffy on.
2: You sure you don't want to talk about who's in the league first? Nah,
1: nah, nah. Well, well we, people can look. Get on uh, the ESPN app, look at the UK Hockey Family League, and you can see what's there. We'll talk about it throughout the season. Um, but let's get Cliffy on. Okay.
0: Cliffy's not...
1: Hey, so we've got uh, Scott Antcliffe on the the phone for Cliffy's Notes. Scott, are you there?
3: I am indeed. Good evening, guys.
1: Hey, fantastic to have you back, man. So we were saying to everybody how obviously it's been a bit quiet over the summer because not much has been happening. Uh, We've all been on a holiday and whatnot, and uh, we know everybody. um, You're back to work. We're all back to work and school. Uh, so the season's back on and we're back doing um, hopefully now a weekly podcast for the rest of the season so great to have scott back just as a bit of an intro finn do you want to give him an intro and let, let people know what remind people how we know scott and where scott's based
2: uh yes yeah, so scott is from sheffield and
1: you met him
2: through the sheffield ice tigers i believe when you were working in sheffield you went That's to train right. with those guys
1: yeah, so Scott plays. Uh, Scott plays for the Ice Tigers, and he was good enough to let me drop in with those guys a couple times. And uh, but Scott knows a lot about UK hockey, and so he comes on uh, every episode and does a roundup of the UK hockey. He's a least fan as well. So Scott, it's so great to have you back.
3: No, it's uh, my pleasure, guys, and uh, yeah, it's good to have hockey back finally. And
0: uh, I enjoy having a
3: break from uh, from hockey over the summer, but now it's. Uh good to get the puck dropped and, uh, yeah, good to have some hockey getting underway.
1: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And so we mentioned to people at the start of the episode that uh, you've got another cracking uh, interview for us. You interviewed Liam Kirk on, on uh, the podcast not long ago, which was still the most popular episode that we've had. And uh, and so uh, on tonight's episode, uh, we, you've interviewed Stefan Hogarth, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting onto that. But um, tell us what's uh, – I mean, we know we're in the preseason still. But what's happening around the UK leagues?
3: Yeah, so uh the UK league's been uh, pretty busy. Um obviously it's still um yeah, the off season with the NHL, but the elite league is is about to get underway fairly shortly. Um the games the team sorry have been playing in the Challenge Cup, so th- at the start of the season they've been having some of the Challenge Cup games to get them out of the way. Um but Cardiff and Belfast haven't played a game yet, um in the league. Um, or the Challenge Cup, because they've been taking part in the Champions Hockey League.
0: Um,
3: So it's Cardiff's third time in the Champions Hockey League, and it's Belfast making their debut. Um, So basically, by winning the Elite League, or by being champions of the the Elite League, you get invited to play into the Champions Hockey League. And um, so the winners and runners-up get invited to go in. Um, And yeah, so uh, Cardiff and Belfast, are taking part in the Champions Hockey League, so they've been playing in that. And cool. last night, both teams were in action. Uh, Cardiff um, lost to Mountfield from uh, the Czech Republic, and uh, they lost five-two. And Giants lost to Billy Tigri Liberec six-one. So they're another Czech team. But the previous week, um, it was um, a total turn of uh, turn of events. So the Giants, um, it was close. Giants lost to um, the, sorry, previous week uh, the Belfast Giants beat Liberec uh, five four, oh. and then Cardiff beat Mountfield three two. Okay. So uh, yeah, so honors even between those two teams. Um, and Cardiff has played three games; they've um, won one and no one two. Sorry, with an overtime win and a loss. And Belfast have played um, three games; they've won one, lost. Uh, and lost to, so Cardiff's faring slightly better, so so yeah, so it's great to see both teams facing some of the best Euro- European teams around the world.
1: That's totally cool. Now, do you want to, so you you guys both know that I was in Belfast uh, two weekends ago, and uh, and so I, I, I went to the rink, and they weren't play, playing while I was there, but I was lucky enough to have a look around, and it's an amazing facility, but do you want to know a really interesting um fact about the belfast giants scotty you might know already but i did not realize and that is to do with why they chose to invest why the um irish northern irish government chose to invest so heavily in ice hockey do you know this story scott
3: no i, d- I don't believe i do now
1: so um what it is uh, while i was there i, I, I was uh, um shown around by some people to do with the the Belfast Giants. And um, the story is that after the troubles ended with the Good Friday Agreement, that they wanted to, they were looking to a sport that they could invest in, that could unite the country around a single sport, and the sport that didn't have history and uh, with with, um, any particular religious um, sector, uh, because of the uh, Catholic and Protestant situation and everything else. They wanted mm. something that was sitting in a nice neutral ground. And the sport that they chose was ice hockey. And that's why they threw all the money behind uh, the facility there. Uh, that's the story. Ah. And, uh, ah. and when you go there, it is amazing. I mean, it is, it is almost NHL quality, definitely OHL quality. It's a proper big old rink. But I just thought that was such an interesting story, like of, of the various sort of neutral space sports they could have mm. chose, they chose ice hockey.
3: Yeah, come to think of it, now you mention it, when you were um, sort of recalling that story, it did ring a bell because I remember, um, I believe it might have been the um, Belfast Giants commentators uh, for their TV um, show, they mentioned about the neutral colours that they wear with teal and things like that. So it's exactly no that. To any it's exactly yeah, yeah. That. So I, I did, uh, yeah, I did recall that. But yeah, it's great. And Belfast is is a brilliant city. There's so much culture it's and gorgeous. history, yeah, and, and, and the people are really friendly. And, and there's a few uh, good uh, adult
0: beverage uh, establishments and <laughs> good yeah. pubs. It's great pub. Uh, which is always good as well.
1: It's a hockey town. That's what I love about it. Mm. I've been twice and twice in about two years, and uh, and I love going there. Anyway, a slight diversion. What else is happening?
3: Yeah, so um, like I mentioned, uh, there's been no Elite League games as yet, but there have been Challenge Cup games. So there's been um, four teams battling it out. The Sheffield Steelers, obviously the team I, I follow, have been taking on their nearest and dearest rivals, the Nottingham Panthers, in a home-and-home. And, home. and the Sheffield Steelers won 8-4 on on the Saturday after being 3-0 down. So after wow. 3-0 down, Steelers managed to come back 8-4. Um,
0: That's an amazing. And then the
3: previous, oh massively, yeah, it was a great crowd, eight and a half thousand there, and then um, twenty four hours later, the Steelers, you know, were fairly confident going into Nottingham, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jackson Whistle, who we obviously uh, spoke about over the summer, who has yep. gone to Nottingham Panthers, um, and he has, uh, yeah, he he basically stoned the Steelers and uh, led the Panthers to a five one. Win on the uh, on Sunday. So Such a great and Whistle, yeah, he had a stellar performance. And um, in that game, there was a few incidents, and uh, I'll get onto that slightly later with some suspensions handed out.
0: Okay. But then
3: also uh, during the weekend, um, the Dundee Stars were playing the Glasgow Clan. Glasgow Clan now uh, with Zach Fitzgerald as their first year uh, head coach. So mm-hmm. Zach Fitzgerald, obviously former Clan player, former Steelers player. Um, he is now um, just sole head coach in Glasgow um, and they lost twice to Dundee who are also uh, Scottish rivals. They lost 6-3 and then they also lost 7-2 so a couple of heavy defeats uh, for the Glasgow clan but I think once Fitzgerald finds his feet with the coaching side of things and, and once the players start gelling I think Glasgow will be fairly, you know, fairly competitive this season. They've got uh, former Steeler Matthew Waugh, they've managed to coax him out of retirement from a couple <laughs> of years ago. And they've got some cracking um, players with the likes of Scott Pitt, Matt Becker, who've um, been uh, in top three point scorers in the league in previous seasons. They've also tempted a player called Chad Rowe, over, who's got about 400 games in the uh, KHL um, experience-wise. So they've got a really good roster. So I think once uh, Glasgow find the feet, they'll be fine. Well coming out of those games on the Sunday, uh, there's been susp- sus- sus- I can't even say the word suspension's handed <laughs> out already. So um Brett Bulmer, who's a Nottingham Panthers forward, former NHL player with Minnesota Wild, he was handed out a two game ban for kneeing. Um and he was handed the two games because he was a repeat offender. So the actual kneeing incident was deemed one game, but because he's had a previous a history of um, suspensions through name players. He was handed another game, making that wow. two-game ban.
0: Okay. Yeah,
3: and then uh, Eglis Carnes in Dundee was handed a one-game um, ban for a check to the heads And then in the same Steelers Panthers game uh, with the Bournemouth incident was Michael Davis, a Sheffield Steelers forward. He was handed. This is probably the strangest suspension I've heard for a while. Uh, a two-game ban for throwing one of the plastic pegs, what uh, holds the net, into the moorings yeah. at the end of the game, um, because obviously he wasn't too happy with his team's five-on-defeat. That's crazy. He was skating up the ice. He, he lifted the net off and threw one of the pegs into the crowd. I don't think he threw it in, you know, um, aggressively. It was just more frustration. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, I, even, I believe
1: you know, that's called a Lindsay peg.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he's uh, yeah, so he's really big into the crowd, and uh, yeah, had a lot of fans disgruntled with that. Madness. So I That's crazy. Certainly keeping that rival realised.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting the crowd wound up. Crazy game.
3: Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. So um, yeah. So other than that, it's been, been fairly quiet. Other than those games, um, there's action this weekend. Uh, Guildford are hosting Nottingham. Uh, Manchester host in Dundee and Sheffield host Coventry. They're all on the Saturday. But on the Sunday, Fife host Glasgow and Cardiff are away in CHL action again and they're playing Graz in Austria.
1: Now, do you happen to know... this is? It's great. It's just great to hear you talking about hockey that's on, you know. Do you happen to know if uh, any of that... Uh, if free sports are on board with all that stuff this year?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So free sports are... Uh, Currently, well, they've been showing the CHL games and um, they've also put out the list. Um, I've not got it to hand though of all the Elite League games, what they're going to be featuring live.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. They
3: also have, they've had the highlight show on earlier uh, on this Friday evening at half past seven. They had the highlight show on uh, to the previous Elite League uh, weekend games. But um, well, yeah, they, they feature several live games throughout. Uh, throughout the season, so next episode we'll have to uh, maybe um, shout those out to the fans.
1: Fantastic, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 although I work for a different media outlet, I'm quite happy to tell anybody where they can see a hockey game. Uh, so that's great, yeah. great coverage um, from Free Sports, Finn. Uh,
2: yeah, Scott. If we were going to uh, gonna go back to that uh, kneeing suspension, uh, like how, mm-hmm. how how did you watch the game and like how did that come out? Come out, if you know what I mean. Like, was it like some kind of deliberate knee on knee or like?
3: Yeah, so what happened was um, Steelers winger Nikolai Lemtyugov uh, coincidentally is the first Russian player to play for the Steelers in their uh, in their history. Uh, he was uh, skating uh, into the neutral zone uh, and he was doing a regroup, so he was then sort of skating back in to go into the offensive zone. Yeah. And he was just pretty much on the centre ice line and as he was turning, Brett Bulmer was skating into his uh, skating lane and he extended his knee, and um, on the video with um, the Department of Player Safety's verdict, they sort of slow it down, show you the slow-mo, zoom in, and you could see it was a deliberate knee, how he extended it, yeah. and sort of uh, widened his stance to catch him. Uh, but luckily there was no injury sustained on the play, but we know, as we know, um, means obviously can, can lead to career-ending injuries. So Absolutely. luckily. Uh, yeah, luckily there was no injury sustained on the play. Um, and Bulmer, like we say, he's got, got previous for it. And he's a big guy, he's 6'4, yeah.
0: 230.
3: And um, so, you know, he could cause a lot of damage. So I think he's probably lucky to, taking into account his previous suspensions, he's probably lucky for only getting two games.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe three
3: or four might have been warranted. And um, But yeah, but he'll be a marksman in terms of uh, Department of Player Safety. He'll be keeping an eye out for him. and Especially with his previous uh, records, too.
1: Well, that that is a perfect segue into um, our guest interview. Uh, so, talking about you know having um, the officials having their uh, having them in his, him in their sights, uh, you've interviewed some. Uh, had conducted another interview for the podcast. Uh, tell us about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I thought it was a good idea to interview a an official because. Know, without officials in the game, the gamers don't go ahead.
1: Absolutely. And
3: um, a young man, Stefan Hogarth, is a, is a very well-respected, uh, very experienced referee here in the UK, and uh, he was kind enough to uh, to jump on board. So really happy to announce that we have uh, UK uh, EIHL and IIHF referee Stefan Hogarth being uh, interviewed on the show.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's, um, let's listen to that interview now.
4: Right, so I'm very pleased to announce we are joined by Elite League and IIHF referee Stefan Hogarth. Stefan, thanks for joining us today.
5: No problem, Scott. Have a going?
4: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Very good and uh, glad the hockey season's back. So, uh, yeah, all is good. Uh, so, I guess the obvious place to start is, how did you get into officiating? Uh,
5: Sorry, a long time ago now. Um, basically, I was, I was very young when I started. I was about nineteen years old. I uh, was playing junior hockey, uh spending a lot of time in the rink at, at weekends and whatnot. And uh I guess the the real incentive for taking the, the level one course way back then was uh just for a bit of extra like pocket money. So spending a lot of time in the rink anyway. Uh as I said playing junior hockey and uh there's the option to to make a little bit of pocket money, uh, as a as a, a young guy who's interested in hockey by uh, becoming a linesman and um you know, referee and other junior games. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess money as a young as a young lad was kind of the incentive because that was more fun than getting a paper round or whatever. And uh, it was good. I, I never really looked back. It it helped me with my game, and I was still playing. And uh, obviously, one thing led to another, and now I'm still heavily involved in a sport that, that I love. And uh, yeah, I never really looked back.
4: Great. So uh, obviously it was a while ago, but do you remember your first game officiating on the ice and uh, whether it was on the line or in the middle, and how did it go overall?
5: Well, I, I don't remember um, my first full game, I don't think, unfortunately. But uh, the way that they used to conduct the, the Level 1 courses back when I started, was they, they'd organised the course to be in a in a town on a day where there was a under ten game going on, uh, so we did the course. I remember taking the course in a dingy hotel conference room in Slough somewhere, <laughs> and then uh, we were all off to the rink to to basically line this under ten game on the fly. And we we took like, five minutes at a time each, and you'd come off and, and say, you know, well, you should have done this here and this there, and and yeah, I remember that quite well. It was. uh it wasn't too hard because we just been sat in a classroom all day uh, listening to how to do it, so it was. Uh, it wasn't too challenging, the under ten there, but uh, yeah, and I remember that well, and that's uh, that's where it all started.
4: Oh, great. So obviously now it's the off-season, the season is just about to get underway with the preseason season games. Uh, there's a lot of hype and excitement at the minute with player signings around the league, uh, some great players coming over. So as an official, do you keep an eye on the signings and is it exciting also uh, to see the calibre of players come into the Elite League?
5: It is, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, all of us guys are, are massive uh, hockey fans. We couldn't do what we do. Week in, week out, uh, without the, the intense love for the game that all of us share, and uh, we, we spend a lot of time in the in the summer on the phone, you know, talking about what's going on with the league and and seeing the signings come in. And uh, as for the caliber of player, yeah, it's, it's encouraging to see some of the some of the CDs that guys have got coming in, uh, especially this off season. But I think what's uh, really encouraging for the league as a whole is. There's, uh There's been quite a lot of younger guys signing over here that maybe wish to would come and use our league and uh the, the improved standard and, and reputation that we're starting to get for a lot of hard work from a lot of people. And, and these younger, hungrier guys are coming over and the City Elite League is a good opportunity, a good option, which I don't think would have been the case four or five years ago. So uh, for me, like, it's great to see the big CDs and... And then players are always uh, a pleasure to work with on the ice. Guys with a lot of experience, uh, generally classy guys. But also the, the younger, hungry guys coming over, and and uh, I think that adds uh, a lot of depth and a lot of value to the league as a well. whole.
4: Absolutely. So uh, in the last few years, there have been quite a few changes to the structure of officiating in in the Elite League. So Mike Hicks has become Director of Hockey Operations and highly experienced NHL officials, Lyle Sites. He works alongside and been in charge of DOPS. And then uh, Greg Kimmel has also come in, um, who works with the officials in a development capacity. So could you just tell us a little bit more about the roles and how officiating has improved um, since they've come on board?
5: Yeah, so um um uh, Mike Hicks has done a great job first and foremost. Um he's uh he's responsible for recruiting Lyle and Greg. Um, and obviously the experience that they bring is is just invaluable. Um and there's an awful lot of, of work that these guys do behind the scenes with all the small things um that, that have helped them improve the league over the last three or four years. Um Craig and Lyle, are, you know, very, very good at what they do. Obviously, they have that wealth of experience. Haven't worked uh, so many games in the NHL, and uh, you know, they're real hockey people. They know hockey. They uh, they actually work with the with the Champions Hockey League. They do uh, similar roles that they do for the Elite League with the Champions Hockey League. So that's, that that kind of shows you how good they are. Um, I think uh, Lyle being on board has has really overhauled the Department of Player Safety um, and the, the effectiveness and professionalism of that I think has benefited from from Lyle and the work he does and the experience he brings and then uh, Greg who works more closely with us guys um, just just you know it's, it's, it's way improved to, to before when he was involved we receive a lot of feedback um, and a lot of coaching from Greg we get weekly emails, video clips, and uh, I mean, I mean, before Greg was around, it would be, because all us guys watch our video, we watch all our calls, and watch, you know, our games, and see where we can improve, and before, we'd be sending clips around to each other, and, you know, what's your thoughts on this, What's your thoughts on that, um, but now we have Greg, it's great that we can, you know, run things past Greg, and, and he may come back and say, you could have done this a little differently, or perhaps if you'd have been a little bit of better position here and got a better start than i You there. Know, we, we just bounce ideas off each other, and it's good to have that that kind of... Um, you, you know, the, the guy who worked 1,200 games in the NHL, it's, it's nice to, to get reassurance, like, I'm, is this right, is this wrong, um, and, and having his experience to, to kind of tap into. And it, it, the week's emails are, are very insightful, and I think they, they help a lot of the guys. And uh, for me personally, I, I, I definitely um, use them tools that are given to us, and, uh, and feel like uh, there's, you know, there's the opportunity to improve, which is which is what all of us guys want to do. We want to go out there and be the best we can. And uh, it's quite a, it is quite a competitive environment between the referees and the linesmen, and. Um, I feel like with Greg's involvement, particularly, um, and the support from uh, from my kids, we we have the tools there now to to really press forward and take charge of our own development and uh, move forward as a team.
4: So, uh, in recent years, goal line technology has been brought in. How do you feel uh, that's benefiting the game?
5: Uh, goal line technology definitely helps us. Um, our job uh, could it be better? Yes, it, it could be way better. Um, the the video review systems vary from rink to rink. Some systems are better than others. Um, in important goal decision situations, um, it, it has been used successfully to, to determine whether a goal is or isn't a goal. Pucks question exam. was very quick. Um, and even if we put ourselves in the position we can be in then we, we don't not you know necessarily might, might not be able to see that, that kind of stuff happening um the, system, the league and clubs need to need to kind of come on this journey with us of introducing the the technology and and keep investing really because it's it isn't, you know it's, it's used heavily in in all the major leagues, the NHL and in the IHS, they all use video review systems such as the speed of the game now. Um, and I think it's important for the fans as well because, um, you know, having that, that level of... Uh, you know, having them, them tools there raises the, the, the level of professionalism of the league for me. And as a referee, it's great to have that there because, believe me, as a referee, all you ever want to do is get it right. And uh, any form of technology or anything that we can use to uh, to try and get that percentage up is, is is a great thing
4: to have. Yeah, absolutely. So to be an official in any sport, you've got to have a thick skin. So how do you deal with the abuse, whether it's from players, coaches, and fans? And has there ever been any comments that have really gotten to you, or is it just a case of water off a duck's back, kind of put it behind you and move on?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you couldn't do this job if you didn't have. Rhinoceros skin. Um, You know, in the heat of battle, things get said. uh, Players, coaches, um, every game—it's you know—it's it's it's a battle out there, and things get said that you know are not necessarily meant. And uh, you know, the vast majority of the the players and coaches are, are good guys. As soon as that whistle goes at the end of the game, and it's you know in and, and abuse is, is simply part of the game, and that's, that's part of the sport. Um, uh, you know, it kind of brings up to the game on, on certain nights. Get, get, you know, players players use it to get fired up. You know, some referees get fired up off of it and, and work their best games. So, it, you know, it really is just part of the game. Um, as for uh, fans, abuse from fans. I'm sure, you none of none of us guys take any notice of that. It's, uh, it's it's part and parcel of the job. And if somebody wants to pay their money and come and come and shout and scream at a striking shirt, then that's up to them. But yeah, that, that stuff doesn't
4: doesn't affect any of us. And uh, if it did, then we, we couldn't do what we do. Yeah, absolutely. So while we're on the question, I guess uh, what's the best joke you've ever heard on the ice? Whether it was from a player to another player or a player to yourself.
5: Um oh, I I hear so many church. Uh a lot of them are not repeatable, I'm afraid to
0: God.
5: <laughs> uh one that does one that does stick in my memory was uh a few years back there was a guy called Jason Williams oh, yeah. playing for the ninth. And um we had a break in play and uh he comes out this is when we're in the three man system, he comes over to me. I was kinda at of, a freeze break I can't remember what the breaking play was for. He just comes up to me and he's like, hey ref, can I get another putt? There, uh, the other team's defenseman has been stick-handling this one and now it's square, dead serious. <laughs> and I just thought that was a that was a really clever shirt, right, just indirect in and one of the other team's
4: Uh, defence and stick handling I'd never heard that one before so that was pretty funny Yeah that's a thinking man's chirp that one, that's a good one So this past weekend in um, Nottingham there's been the annual officiating camp, Um, I'm guessing you went there and uh, if so how was that and can you tell us a little bit more about what that entails?
5: Yeah um, I mean it was a great weekend the New League officiating staff were there from early Friday afternoon, we we were put through some uh, rigorous fitness tests that we do every year. Um, involves kind of like speed and agility, um, strength exercises in the gym, and every year our, our results are recorded and we're, we're tracked on how we're looking after ourselves and you know are, are, we, are we working on our fitness to, to allow us to do the jobs as best as we can. Uh, so that was the Friday, and then uh, obviously Saturday and Sunday was a bit of classroom work, some some good speeches from some uh, some big hockey names. Uh, we had, we had uh, Todd Anderson, who pretty much runs uh, officiating in Canada. Yeah. He uh, he came over. He did some some good speeches uh, about how we can improve on the ice, how we can you know act as a team, and. How to take feedback, etc. Um, and it's, it's just really a weekend. Um, this is the third or fourth year, I think, that this, this has happened in this format. Um, and basically every official under the ice Hockey UK bracket, whether they, uh, referee under 11s or they referee the elite, get together and everyone's in a, you know, in that same environment for the weekend. Um, I think it's great. Everyone gets really focused and inspired and ready for the season. Um, and I think it's good for the younger officials to be in that environment and see, be around the more experienced guys and see what they can achieve if, if they focus on the, their officiating. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, just a really well organized, great, inspiring weekend.
4: Um, oh, okay.
5: and a good way to, to get everyone back together after the summer, get focused and, uh, get ready to go back to work.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you've recently officiated in the IIHF Division Three World Championships in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So, how was that experience, and what did you take away from that?
5: Uh, I was in Bosnia last year. Actually, I, I went to Bulgaria this year. Ah, yeah. Um, but Bos- Bosnia last year was was a pretty awesome place to go. The the tournament was held in the. Uh, 1988 Sarajevo Olympic Arena wow. uh, which is pretty cool and there was there was still some signs of uh, the troubles over there so it's you know the place was steeped in history and that was a pretty interesting place to go. Um, but Bulgaria it was it was also good um, it was a men's division 3 uh, tournament so we had teams like uh, Turkmenistan, Bulgaria, um, so kind of a, a, a different style of hockey and that's, that's three man system as well. So mm. it was kind of tough for me after working like 80 games in the elite league four man system last year. Yeah. Um, it took, took a bit of preparation to, to revert back to the three man system. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's always an honor to go away with the IHF and represent GD. And, uh, I hope I can do it for many years to come. Uh, I always go away with the aim of, uh, representing myself and and obviously, the country and the association, well, and I think I did that this year. So, I'm hoping for, uh, hoping for a, another assignment this year, and we'll we'll see where it
4: takes me. Yeah, absolutely. Um So, a bit more of a light-hearted one. So, has there been any embarrassing moments on the ice for yourself? So, for example, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, James Ashton. Uh, was officiating and um, he stepped out onto the ice at the Sheffield Arena during a Steelers-Panthers game and uh, during blackout he left his skate yard until he decked it in front of 7,000 fans and I remember um, the following week um, I was playing at Queen's Road and he was refing one of our games in Sheffield for the under-19s and uh, I remember chirping him about that <laughs> and uh, so has there been oh. anything what you've had uh, any similar embarrassing moments like that?
5: Um Nothing really that comes to mind. I've done the skate guard thing myself. Uh, <laughs> it was actually it was pretty bad when I did it. It was in Basingstoke a few years ago, and um, actually only left one skate guard on. There. I <laughs> got like a, a full stride first, so I was pretty much centerized by the time it happened, and everybody in the building saw, <laughs> oh,
0: uh, and man. the
5: lights were on for that one. So oh,
4: nowhere to uh, hide. That wasn't
5: too fun. That's pretty embarrassing. Uh, embarrassing things, not too much. I don't think. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always kind of embarrassing when you go down as as a referee, and you yeah. all know the fans love to see that. Especially if you're having a bit of a tough night. Yeah, that's when it happens when you when you're having a bit of a tough tough night, and people are on your back, you, you, you know, you, you might end up losing an edge, and then you just think, oh, damn. Yeah, this is. Uh, but you have just got to brush that off and and, and carry on. Like you know, it, it, it happens. Players players go
4: down a, a lot of times a game and it's you know it's bound to happen to a referee uh, every once in a while. Yeah, I guess it's just a, a game of uh, odds, isn't it? It's going to happen at some point, so uh, you just got to embrace oh. it and style it out when it does happen.
5: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I I got one out of the way last night. But, you know, first preseason game of the season, uh, I went down after about three seconds and they <laughs> called a major penalty. Sixteen seconds later, so. Hopefully I've got some of that excitement out of the way for the rest of
4: the pre-season. Absolutely. Pressure's off now. Then you've done your first one, so it's all good. (laughs) Right, Right, so recently there's been um, quite a few officials uh, from the Elite League going overseas. So Mike Hicks was uh, the first to make the step up going to Denmark. And then Tom Darnell, and more recently Andy Dalton. And then Liam Saul, who spent the last six years in North America in the juniors, uh, the ECHL and AHL. So do you think this would be a good route for officials to go down? And I guess it just shows the calibre of officiating and, and showing that great development from the officials here in the UK. Uh,
5: yeah, it is a real testament to the standard of officiating in the UK. And it's, I don't think UK officiating gets enough credit. It's, um, it's quite highly regarded with the, the IHF for for the size and standard of us as a hockey nation. I think we punch above our weight with the IHS. And uh, yeah, no, it's testament to, to the standard of British appreciation And uh, that's, that's a great opportunity for Liam, like Liam's had a great six years. Um, and yeah, Tom, Daltz, and uh, and Hixie in Denmark, just shows, uh, I mean, particularly given the fact that at the time that, that uh, Mike, Tom, and, and Andy were over in Denmark, It could be argued that that was a slightly better league than than what we had here. Um, So it's great for guys to get that opportunity. And, um, you know, I I hope more guys get that opportunity. And I think a lot can be gained by uh, exchanging officials between leagues, sharing experience, and um, sharing, you know, different ideas and ways of doing things and and all learning from each other. I think that's that's invaluable. one of the things, uh, now we have the four-man system back in the Elite League that, uh, that should allow us to have an exchange programme with other countries because, uh, obviously, most, uh, most other hockey nations use the four-man system. And uh, when we had it before, we had an exchange programme. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to places like Norway, Denmark and uh, officiate games. And, and generally, the way it works is you, you swap a referee and a linesman with the other country for a weekend. Yeah. Do some games. So now we have performance system press that's going to be possible and I believe that's
4: that's something that Greg and uh, and Mike have been working on. So I look forward to that and um you know, guys coming over here, us going over there and, and sharing an experience, learning new things and improving as officials yeah absolutely it's a great opportunity so um yeah fighting in hockey it's always been a key part of the game but in recent years it's kind of on the decrease now um as an official when two players are squared off and they're going toe to toe what's it like having um, a prime view for it and is it worrying when you have to go in and break it up and um in case you maybe cop one on the chin or something like that uh no i
5: don't think it's worrying like you're not thinking about that when it happens. Actually, as a referee, you don't you don't really see the fight so much because mm-hmm. whilst, uh, whilst the whilst the happening, you're kind of keeping an eye on everything else that's going on. Yeah, uh, it's just more the linesmen that, that get to see that, and obviously their role is not to uh, not to stand there and in, enjoy the bout, but to uh, ensure the safety of the players, and that that's paramount. Um, and that, that's you know we don't many people think we get front row seats, but that's uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on when there is an altercation, so I think, yeah, we're just there for the safety of the players if they want to go toe to toe, and uh, that's that's a big part of the linesman's job actually, and and they do some some, some great work with uh, you know communicating with the players, they and ensuring they're both safe and it's a safe environment as much as it can. be. So that's with uh
0: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, so. I know you mentioned about some games you've officiated in, and um, obviously been over in Bulgaria and then uh, Sarajevo as well. But what's the most memorable game you've officiated in, and uh, why?
5: Um, you know, all the IHF tournaments are pretty special. I've, I've been lucky enough to go to some some, uh, some interesting corners of the world with that, so that, that's always memorable. Um, particular games that stand out, probably probably my first playoff final. Um, back in the EPL, that was pretty emotional for me. Uh For many years, I was I was kind of on the cusp of making it. And it was a big disappointment every every year because that's uh when I speak to to friends that are still playing. You know, you know how do you, you enjoy the referee? And I try and explain to them it's it's pretty similar to playing the game because as a referee, sometimes you win a game, sometimes sometimes you lose, right? Yeah. So uh, the 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 aim is pretty much the same for a referee, you know, we're trying to go as deep as we can into the season, we're trying to make, make playoffs get to the final and um, and be successful just like just like the teams and the players. So any time that you, you get a, a big final um, assignment that's you know, that's that's what you've been aiming for and that's what all the hard work through the season's been been working towards and when you
4: achieve an accolade like that, any any final or big game recognition is a bit of a special one. Absolutely. So you touched on it a little bit and mentioning about um, hockey um, playing and officiating uh, similar to an extent, but being a hockey player, it's a bit of a brotherhood on and off the ice. Is it similar with the officials and does everyone get along and is there like good banter on the ice and in the uh, locker room with you guys too?
5: Yeah, big time. There's um, there's, a, there's a big... Kind of team spirit vibes, the officiating style. Generally, everyone gets on. Um, we, we, spend a lot of time together. So, you know, like, like in teams, often there's a little, little disagreement here and there. But, it, but generally, I think brotherhood is the word. And, um, um, we all kind of keep each other sane during the season. We, we, we all stay in touch pretty well and, you know, run, run things by each other, uh, during the week during the season there's a lot of sending video clips to each other and what do you think of this play what do you think of that play trying to help each other out and um yeah like you said there the, was the banter side it's always always a good vibe in the in the changing room and it's kind of a uh all for one one for all kind of mentality and we kind of you got to stick together because sometimes it's tough out there and uh we only have each other so um yeah, no, there is a there's a really good feeling
4: amongst the officiating staff. We all get on pretty well. That's great. Um, so players and officials are often highly critical of themselves. Um, I know you mentioned you look back and review game tape and, and look at your calls and things like that. But is there an area of your officiating that you'd like to improve?
5: Yeah, everything. <laughs> I mean, all of us are constantly looking to improve. Um such as the way that we're um, under the microscope all the time. And, you, you know, everyone wants to be the best they can be and nobody likes going out there and making a fool of themselves and, and yeah. making mistakes, although, you know, human nature, mistakes happen. So, yeah, every official wants to improve in every area, whether that be, I mean, our ultimate job is to make the game safe and fair. Um, and, you know, that in, involves calling the right penalties at the right time. Um so, you know, whether we look at tape and think, is that a good call? Is that a bad call? Could I have given myself a, a better angle on that? Could my positioning has been better to enable me to see that better. Um, and we're constantly, constantly looking at our own performances and looking to improve because it's, it's a pretty competitive, um, environment. You know, everyone wants to be the best referee in the league and get that playoff final at the end of the day. So we're all looking to constantly improve and, I think for, for most of us, certainly for me, then, you know, we're all our own biggest critics. Um, uh, areas that I'd like to improve in, probably my skating, I'd always like to improve my positioning, fine tuning little bits like that. Um, just anything that can, you know, improve you overall as an official and, uh, help you to grow in that capacity.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there seems to be a shortage of referees um, and officials going into the sport. Uh, what would you say to anyone who is considering making that move to go into officiating? Have you got any advice for them?
5: If you're if you're even considering it, give it a go. Um, it's not for everyone. But if you're considering it, give it a go. Um, and I, I think most people will be surprised. It is a really rewarding thing to do and you get a great buzz out of calling a great hockey game and uh, being involved in great hockey games. I mean, some of the best ones as a, as a referee to be involved in or when you just have a great game and you don't really have much to do because when, you know, when the game, when the game flows and it's a great one to be a part of like that, that's a, you know, a really re- rewarding feeling because that might, might mean that you've done some great work and, um, a lot of refereeing is, it's basically people management on a grand scale and communication is very important. And um, some of the best referees, um, do a lot of this communication work. And if a guy's getting a little close to the line, letting him know and being, being approachable and getting on and, and policing the game before you have to call penalties, if you can do that, is always a nice feeling. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Again, on the other side, when a penalty needs to be called and you nail it, that's very rewarding as well. So, um, it, if you're even considering it, 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 it's a great, especially now that we have the structure in place. It's a, a great uh, environment to work in, and there is opportunity for, for um, new officials to climb the ladder quickly if they work hard and and, they, and they, you know work hard at what they're doing. There's a, there's a very Clear structure in place. Um, there's a, a level system for officials. Uh, elite league officials are level seven, yeah. and uh, you can come in at start level one or level two. And each each level has an officiating manager that, that keeps an eye on your progress. And if you know if you stand out, then you you can climb that ladder pretty fast. And uh, it. So each level has an officiating manager that keeps an eye on, on, on their staff and, and identifies the people that are working hard and, and developing well as an official and there's, there's lots of scope there to, to move up the levels and work through and climb the ladder quick, quickly if you want to work hard at it and um, there's, a, there's a great opportunity there for, for anyone who wants to, you know, be involved in the game that we all love and um, get out on the ice and represent team stripes.
4: Great, sounds uh, really promising, and uh, you've definitely sold it to me. I might uh, put on the stripes in a few years' time. Who knows? But god guy. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep uh, keep you in the loop on that one. I'll uh, might be calling you up for some advice. But um, I believe away from <laughs> the ice, you are um, you're a landscaper. Is it a tough task juggling working full time and officiating, or have you managed to get that balance uh, nailed down pretty well now? Uh,
5: yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, Hockey's always come first for me, so I, I, I try and I'm self-employed, so I try and work around hockey because um, that's, that's that's been my main passion for uh, you know over half my life now. So uh, it's it's tough finding a balance, and uh, yeah, my 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 work suffers a bit during the season because of hockey input in that first, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, obviously, what I do is is quite a a physical job, so that's kind of tough on, on Monday mornings. Sometimes, if if you've been on a long road trip, and you've had a, a two or three game weekend, um, it, it can be kind of tough on a Monday morning. You know, uh, doing a labour intensive job, but I, you know, I love what I do. Um, my day job as well as hockey, and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world
4: great, so uh, last couple of questions now uh, what's your ultimate ambition within officiating and uh, where would you like to be let's say in uh, five years' time
5: Oh tough one um, in five years time i I'd, I'd like to still be representing UK with the IIHF. that's that's one of the, the biggest honors for me in in my officiating career so the longer that that, that continues um, obviously better for me, that's that's an ultimate goal. Um then finals like I mentioned earlier, uh the the last three years I've I've gone as deep as the uh, semi-finals in the elite league. I'm still waiting for that elusive playoff final. So uh that's kind of the, the the main goal, the ultimate goal that you're focused on throughout the season every time you step on that ice. Yeah. Whether it be uh you know, you get, on the, get on the ice in Coventry in November. So that's what I'm thinking of. So, you know, I'm under the microscope here. I've got, to, I've got to work hard and myself in the best position come, come the end of the season to uh, be selected to work in big games. Um, I'd like to have a go overseas as well. Uh, if that opportunity ever rise, uh, arose for me, sorry, then um, that'd be a big one. I'd like to. work overseas and experience in different leagues and and, uh, kind of branch out in in that respect. So, yeah, in five years' time, hopefully still active with the IHF, uh, achieve that elusive Elite League final and uh, perhaps test the water in in a foreign
4: league. Great. Fingers crossed for you. I'm sure, uh, yeah, keep working hard and uh, I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, Good things come to uh, those who work hard anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to put you on the spot now for the final question. Uh, In the NHL, uh, when an official's retiring, they let you choose your own, I guess, fellow officials for your last game, your own team essentially. So if it was your last game and you're having a four-man system, which other three officials would you choose and why?
5: Um... That's a real tough one. (laughs) Uh, That that is a tough one, just to pick three guys, because there's so many people that have helped me throughout my career. Um, I I couldn't name them all on two hands. Um, (laughs) Like I mentioned earlier, you you use the word brotherhood. Um, And for every official, I'm sure they've got along with the guys that have helped me throughout the years. Uh, You put me on the spot, Scott. (laughs) I I would probably take... I would probably have to take uh, my buddy Lee Young, yeah he's one of my one of my oldest officiating friends because we uh, we're based quite locally to each other so we we travel a lot and spend a lot of time together in a car and uh, yeah we've we've always been there for each other and we've we've shared some some special moments uh, for example that that uh, EPL playoff final that I was awarded many years ago. Uh, I, I remember being in the hotel that night and and ringing up Younger and, and us. Uh, he'd just been given his, his first playoff final in Nottingham down the road with the with uh, the Elite league and it was a pretty emotional phone call after.
4: Right, so I'm going to put you on the spot uh, again here, Hoagie. Uh, last question now. So in the NHL, when an official is retiring, they let you choose your fellow officials for that final game. So if it was your last game and you're having a four-man system, which other three officials would you choose and why? Oh, wow. That
5: is putting me on the spot. Um, there's, there's many guys. I wish it was a ten-man system. <laughs> um three guys. Three guys. I would probably take. Um, I'd have to take my buddy Lee Young. Um, Young has been uh, been very supportive to me through the years. Um, we live quite locally to each other, so we we travel together a lot. And um, we uh, one memory that, that that sticks out is when I was when I was given that first EPL playoff final as a referee. I remember getting back to the hotel, giving Lee a ring, and he was he was working the Elite League playoffs in Nottingham at the time. He was given his first final as well and that was that was a pretty emotional phone call because uh, you know we've both been been, been through the emotions uh, together and that so to get that at the same time is, is a memory that that sticks out and he's always there for, for support and reassurance um he's a great great guy to have on the life uh, on the ice sorry especially uh, as a referee the, the work he does as a, as a linesman is is very good and he's very supportive um, another guy I would, I would probably, uh, if he still owns skates, probably take, uh, a guy called Mohammed Ashraf, who used to be the referee in chief when I started. And, uh, he again was very supportive and, and saw some, some ability in me and believed in me and encouraged me to, to push on and, you know, grow as an official and, and, um, climb up through the ranks um you know without him recognizing the potential in me and encouraging me and you know telling me i, I could get there i could get to the top i could do it uh, i might not be where i am today um and then finally i would probably have to take michael hicks because he was another one who saw potential in me when Hicksy was running the elite league he uh i was in the epl for for a lot of years working really hard to be at the top of my game and always wanted to work in the elite league but back then the the progression route wasn't as clear and uh Hixie took the time to to invite me to some training camps and i uh, came down and worked some games with me and offered me some advice and really gave me the opportunity to make that step up to the elite league so um yeah, that's, that's another guy that I'm very grateful, grateful to. But there's, you know, you mentioned the word brotherhood earlier, and it really is like that amongst us officials. And there's, there's a, there's a ton of guys that I could mention that have, that have uh, been there for me and and helped me get where I'm
4: today. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, three great names there, anyway. So that's a, uh, a good, uh, a good go to, uh, good go to four man system there, definitely. But um, for sure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you on today, uh Hoagie, and uh, you know we thank you for your time and I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of that and um, it's great to hear uh, an official side of things and and the story from an official so you know thanks once again and uh, it's been a pleasure.
5: No problem at all time thanks see
4: you. All, all the best for the upcoming season as well
5: thanks, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll see you along the ride
1: yeah, we'll do Wow, a fantastic interview there with um, Stefan Hogarth. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, I imagine he's a is he a cool guy, Scott, to talk to?
3: Yeah, great guy, really down to earth, um, very knowledgeable, and uh, yeah, just such a good positive outlook um, about the league and about officiating in general. So, if anyone's wanting to take strides into officiating, you know, all they've got to do is take a leaf out of Stefan O'Gar's book, see how well he's done, and you know, use him as a, a prime example to see that you can aspire to do well in officiating in the UK because he's done a cracking job.
2: Yeah, and it's all—it's always nice to get the officials' point of view on things because you always see stuff about coaches and players
1: and interviews interviews with those guys, but you never uh, ever get the officials' point of view on things, right? Uh, quite right. You, you never see an interview with the officials. But, Scott, it's a, it's a good point of trying to attract people into uh, wearing the stripes and being on Team Stripes. Uh, I think that uh, there was a uh, memo that went out to all amateur clubs in the country to remind uh anybody around a club to um to come and do a, a ref referee course because they're desperately short of refs i think especially at the grassroots level
0: mm.
3: yeah it's um i mean it's like we mentioned earlier you wouldn't get a game without the officials and no. you know they're hockey fans first and foremost and officials second and you know they just want the game to go well they want the guys to have a good time and uh yeah, they do a very good job and I think they take a lot of unnecessary uh, abuse sometimes for so the job they do and especially how quick the game's getting now and um it's a lot more skillful now and, and for them to keep up with all that and you know, sure they have off nights here and there but You know, they do a great job overall and uh, the sport would definitely be a worse place without them.
1: Totally. Well, it wouldn't exist without them. So, really great to have them on. Fantastic interview. Scott, it's great to have you on. It's great that hockey is back on again and we're doing regular podcasts again. So, we hope to have another episode out next week. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. And um, hopefully, uh, if if it's cool with you, we'll have you back on again next week.
3: Yeah, absolutely, guys. You know where I am and uh, it's a pleasure to be on anytime you need me.
1: Awesome. Cheers, Scott.
3: Cheers. See you guys. Speak soon.
1: So great to be back. So great to have Scott on again. Finn, this has been a great, it's been a great episode. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I enjoy being back after a summer break. You know? Totally. Me too. So, um, you know, we've got wet kit drying in the garage, which can only mean one thing. Hockey's back on again. Yeah. Scott's back. Interviews are back. Really excited to be back. Thank you so much to everybody who's tuning in. You can find us on social media. Or just type in UK Hockey Fam into Google. You'll find our website. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're wherever. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, see you guys next week.
5: the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.